0: welcome back to another episode of We're Watching Star Trek, the original series. As always, I am Brandon, and I'm here with Paul.
1: Yo, yo, what's up, people? Uh, Paul here. a New mic. So hopefully my voice sounds a little bit better or worse. Uh, New setup. We're trying to figure things out, but eventually we're going to figure out. uh, Let's get to it.
0: Hopefully not worse. But uh, uh, he should sound the same as always because he is Dan. Guten Tag, everybody. Wow. Okay. Never mind. We're not even going to acknowledge that. Oh uh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Just ignore the journey. Right, yeah. ag- yep. Uh we're going to acknowledge that we are we did watch, I guess. We are not currently watching. Well, Paul's currently watching. Uh, but we watched season one, episode twenty six called Errand of Mercy. And the original air date for this was March twenty second, nineteen sixty seven. I think the last episode aired on like the seventh, so they had like a two week break for some reason. I don't know what does anything even happen in March that they would take a big break like that? March Madness,
1: probably. Day or who, who knows? I <laughs> was
0: just too, too fucking loaded to record, to, yeah, to on, do an I'm episode. <laughs> yeah. um, the, uh, the big thing for this episode for me is English subtitles are back, so I thank God, because some of these Yay. names there's no fucking way I would have been able to... to oh, I should have busted you know, out the German out last, last week follows. then, for ya. Yeah, yep, you had, what, three episodes, and you're done fucked up. Yeah, we're, we're just gonna get right into it. And this episode uh, opens with the Enterprise flying through space like it always does. And on the bridge, Spock is handing Kirk a coded message. So, Kirk, uh, it's just like a little disc. And Kirk puts that message in a device and he tells Spock that they had both guessed right and that the negotiations with the Klingon Empire are about to break down and Starfleet Command anticipates a surprise attack. And immediately I was like, why the fuck did he just read off this coded message in front of everybody? Like, wasn't it coded for a reason? I guess, like, security not really a big thing with him. Kirk has no secrets with his, uh, main crew. Yeah, and and the other people that they switch out on the bridge, like, 50 times an episode. Well, that's true, because, uh, Janice still isn't back. Yeah, she's not there, and who is the guy in, like, the tactical seat next to Sulu? Uh, a new flight crewman.
1: Oh, yeah, I didn't notice that.
0: Yeah, just just another dude we've never seen before. Uh. Uh, but they are, uh... They're going to Organia, or Organia, I think, Organia maybe, and uh, they're going to do whatever they have to do to prevent the Klingons from using it as a base. So Spock agrees that Organia would be a tactical advantage for either side, and he explains that the planet is inhabited by peaceful, friendly humanoids who live on a primitive level, and Kirk uh, compares them to Armenia and Belgium, and Spock's like, fucking where? And uh, Kirk's just like, oh, it's these, these places that, you know, weak innocent people all seem to be located on natural invasion routes so like anytime you know anything crazy's happened you know these people like this that have nothing to do with anything are always the ones getting screwed one thing uh, right? i
1: thought was really smart was uh they uh kind of um showed history with the Cleons without making them new yeah so like you know, we, we kind of got thrown into the middle of the situation and then we so we are learning about things You know, that way, instead of them having to exactly explain to us exactly what's going on, you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, it's always nice that we don't have to sit through, like, 15 minutes of... I mean, they did it well in in the Romulan thing, uh, where they were just basically like, here's somebody you've never heard of, and here's why we don't like them. And, like, that That works really well, instead of just, you know, making us sit through a whole fucking backstory for, like, half an episode. So, uh, Sulu, he informs Kirk that the automatic deflector screen has just turned on and there's a body approaching them and they're just kind of like oh that's really interesting and then they get hit with like an explosion they get hit by something and uh, they're all thrown around the bridge we get a shot from like outside the enterprise of a ship that's just firing at the enterprise which was really cool and yeah, they're just in scary. there you know shaking around they're all throwing yep. themselves around the bridge it's really funny though because there's <laughs> sulu's just like hey uh our shields are up for some reason and something's coming at us but we don't really know what's going on like i think you can probably yeah. put that together <laughs> they
1: were like oh our defense screens popped up for no reason i was like for no reason uh yeah. but then again maybe that happens when asteroids happen too maybe that happens more often like maybe yeah, when, that could be if, they, if they're running i'm assuming there's asteroids out there and there'll be like small ones and the shields just come up so they'll def- deflect them so maybe it's a right. normal thing for that to happen
2: But when the Enterprise gets hit, Sulu basically flies on top of the control board, which, (laughs) don't you think that would, like, fuck up a bunch
0: of shit? Yeah, he's just hitting a bunch of buttons. Sorry, we're now in Warp Drive 5. The other thing is, like, where the fuck has this feature been before? Because they've been fired on before, and they've run into shit, and they've never had an automatic defensive screen.
1: Okay, sir. First of all, don't be that guy. Don't, 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 don't be that guy. See, he's about to bring up the past. Oh, remember a long time ago that happened.
0: In, no, uh, I I, mean, I know how this sh- this show works. They yeah. they literally just make it up as they go. Making along, it up as so. they go along,
1: so they don't be thinking ahead. Which is, that's a but really it's, cool. It's feature.
0: Would've, it it would have come in handy before. Yeah,
2: yeah. Hey, the, the Enterprise got an update now. It can do that.
0: Yeah, they they had to like go plug in like a big USB cord to the back of it and do like a quick <laughs> firmware update for the ship. They had to, like, restart, and they were all pissed because they were in the middle of using it. But, anyway, uh, Kirk orders the crew to lock their phasers and return fire, and then they get hit a few more times, and they uh, fire off some shots, and they eventually do destroy the enemy ship. And Spock reports that uh, their damage is minor and that their casualties are light. And I'm like, I need a number, Spock. Like, I'm trying to fucking track casualties here, and I can't do that when you just say casualties are light. Okay. So now, now we that okay, no I wrote that down for an issue.
1: I had a real issue with that comment, by the way, because I'm like casualty light. Does that mean there's not much damage? Not many people have died, or what? Because he said it yeah. like it, like it wasn't a big deal. So I yeah, thought he, casual, just like, casualties hey. are light. Like that's, Does that mean damage is minimal? Like like I'm thinking maybe it's just the way he talks. So maybe he actually meant you know damages there's not much damage and saying it another way. Cause by saying casualties of light, you're implying like five people die, and that's not a big deal.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing is like, what's the difference between light casualties and like heavy casualties? Like, if he you know, if uh, sixty people die, is that light, and then sixty one, they're at heavy, like, and then it matters. <laughs> I, I, honestly,
1: I don't understand it either, and that's why I wrote it down. I like, yeah. I, I like, I didn't send the term. I was like, maybe he just means not much damage, but I didn't. I can't remember what he said right before, because because he said. He he listed the two damage areas and then he said, um some some casualties are light. So after he lists those things, then he mean like, oh, blah blah blah. So the damage was minimal? Or like yeah, I'm basically. not sure what Yeah, it's yeah. it's very, very weird.
0: Yeah, it didn't take a lot of damage. Only a few people died.
2: When this was all going on, I was like, Oh, what if you know? Bones was in the middle of surgery. They weren't expecting to be t- attacked. Right? So, so with he cutting someone just open, and all of a sudden he right like, there. <laughs> he's like, Uth, I didn't mean to cut you in half."
0: Yeah, just another casualty on the table. But he doesn't care. He's killed like eight this month, I'm sure. <laughs> with the great doctor. Yeah, they though. just uh, they didn't really react to that at all. He's like, "Yeah, some people died." And Kirk's just like, "All right, like, <laughs> cool, I guess." <laughs> and they just like, they just oh. keep going. Just another fucking day in the life of Captain Kirk. So yeah, I, I have no. Now we can't realistically track uh, how many deaths that uh, have been, uh, have, well, have happened under Kirk's command. We
2: should say at least two because they made it sound plural. So we could just yeah. say at
1: least two people died. No, they they didn't make it sound anything. Just casualties are like that, that. Term can mean
0: anything though.
1: That's the issue. yeah it could
0: could be ten, could be a hundred.
1: Well, no, but the term casualty could be, like, like what I, I meant by damage is light, meaning, like, he said all that stuff, and afterwards he summed it up with casualties are light, implying that everything he just said means damage is light, or damage is minimal. Yeah. So, like, that, I just, you can't even say one, you can't say zero, you can't say any, because it might not be nothing. It's just the way uh, Spock talks sometimes, is so weird.
0: Well, no, the casualty yeah. specifically re- refers to people, though, like, the damage to the <laughs> I, ship is... I, I, Damage the I, ship.
1: I, I would think that but they didn't react at all so there's no I, Yeah so it's cuz Kirk don't we, give a shit about so, his people. So, that, <laughs> so we have to be like look, do we really think people die in a ship and Kirk had no nothing one thought of them at all? Like Not we, one we know
0: that all he gives a shit about is the ship itself. He don't give a fuck how many people die on there as long as the ship itself well, survives. It's,
1: it's, it's kind of weird for me to think, "Oh, like he really wants like somebody died and he didn't give one thought to it at all." I just I no. can't put that past Kirk. I don't know. Uh, I, just,
2: I, I will say in the defense I, I, of Kirk, they were just attacked, so maybe his Im- immediate attention is like, "Hey, there might be other ships out there."
0: Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Is they're like specifically in a wartime scenario? Not even just scenario; like they're in the middle of a wartime act. So, so you can't like yeah. sit and mourn the loss of you know the twenty or thirty people that died in the yeah, lower for, decks. But, 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 but but for,
1: for thirty seconds a minute, two seconds, I mean, yeah. I acknowledge them. Like, he ain't um, got time, like time for that shit. Something. He's he shall go
0: fuck up people's uh, people's way of life again.
1: <laughs> I mean, don't, don't 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 get me there. That's later on, but still.
0: So uh, so Uhura, uh, says that Starfleet Command has issued a code one, and Kirk explains that they're now officially at war with the Klingon Empire. And Spock is like, "Oh, it's really curious how humans manage to obtain that which with that which they do not want, or they they often do that." and then uh, they just begin their journey to Organia. And you know, when, Sp- when Spock said that, I'm like, that's kind of hypocritical, because you
2: got, like, half, a- half your race of people that wage war with the Federation.
0: Well, they're not really... They're a- If you're talking about the Romulans, they're, like, an offshoot. Yeah, they're but,
1: not, the-, like, no, that yeah, but the term is... I think you think of the term the wrong way. So, i like, um, I think you think about it the way... The best way I-, I thought about it, like, you know, I never would want a divorce, but... In the end, sometimes I could end up getting divorced. I end up so I, somehow obtained something I didn't, didn't want. I never wanted a divorce, but somehow I ended up getting divorced anyway. So I think it's more about you know like how many times in life that you end up in a situation that you didn't want to be in, but somehow you, yeah that, that you, you tried you to stay there. out
0: of, and somehow you ended up S- somehow there you anyway, end up yeah. there
1: situations yeah, or you end up having having choices and and the repercussions, things like that. So I think it's just I think it's more about that idea than it is about anything else It's just really clever the way you said it though.
0: Yeah. So, uh, so we get the show opening and then we get a captain's log that just explains that they're now orbiting Organia and they have seen no signs of hostile activities. And uh, Uhura informs Kirk that another unit is reporting that a fleet of Klingon ships is in its sector. So Kirk has Sulu tell the phaser crews to stand by and put full power to the deflector screens. And he says that uh, he and Spock are going to go down to the planet surface And he's going to leave Sulu in charge for this one. So uh, he says, "Hey, your responsibility is to the Enterprise and not to you know myself or or Spock." And he tells Sulu that if a Klingon fleet shows up, then he is to retreat to safety and not attack them alone.
1: I saw that, by the way, when uh, he put Sulu in charge or with it down. I said, "This is the first time I I, actually—I can remember top of my head—that Kirk actually told him he was in charge and told him what to do."
2: And also now, Kirk doesn't worry about the the. the the, the probability of both him and Spock being killed from last episode.
0: Right. <laughs> He's not so worried about that shit now, is he? I'm going to take my fucking number one down to this really <laughs> dangerous planet. <laughs> yeah. I, he, uh, Sulu's been, I know Sulu's been in charge before, but, uh, I don't, yeah, we haven't, like, specifically seen Kirk tell him, like, hey, you're, you're the fucking man now. So, yeah, Kirk and Spock, they beam down to the planet and notice that the primitive people are basically all around them and they don't give a fuck they just saw these two people materialize in front of them like these people are it's like it's like what pre-medieval i guess you could say like they have just like a really kind of shitty village like everything's yeah. made of stone well that and their goats are green yeah they're the fucking spray-painted goat <laughs> yeah yeah I,
1: saw, yeah I saw that goat i saw that green yeah. goat. I, I saw i was saw, like, goat green i paused it we're back i was like uh <laughs> Yeah, it goes green. I thought, you know what, Paul? Don't do nothing. Just let it go. Not it's so crazy show.
0: that Dude, they have so to throw just, something like that <laughs> into to remind you it's Some an alien planet.
1: Yeah, yeah, but see, that's the thing about this show. This show does like the best way and the most dumbest way yeah, of making so every dumb. planet seem different. It might be something that's a terrible prop that like these flowers that, that don't weigh anything. It may be spraying a goat green. Whatever the idea is, somebody's like, yo, man. So I was thinking that maybe... uh. Sip it on a little scotch green goats he was like yeah, yeah. Said, <laughs> green, <laughs> goat. uh, green goats uh put it put it in yeah like, we can do that we can do, we can that, do that like can we put them in like can we get the, we get the guys in fancy dress shirts and like yeah. put some like, but, but you mean like dress with the shirts or long dresses yeah put let's put on a real big t-shirt back t-shirt let's do this oh can we put them in pajamas oh let, let, let's do that too. Like, <laughs> yeah, can, can, can we get, can you give them gold teeth, gold eye? like literally, like whatever idea somebody throws out there for each different culture, they literally go full in on it. Yeah, the they show. Just say fuck it, let's go, let, let's go. Well, they did a half ass job really painting that goat, though. This show, like the yeah, art direction, I guess the term would be art direction and the creative team for this show, like they should have been. They should have got so many awards. I don't know. I never really looked back, but they should have won so many awards for creativity and originality and something new. Because even looking at this nowadays, I think I never feel like I'm in the same area any episode.
0: I just think it's funny that, like, that's how they decide to show you it's an alien planet. Like, everything is perfectly fine. Like, it's exactly as you would see it on Earth. And then it's like, oh yeah. shit, green goat. Okay. Yeah. It's just, yeah.
1: It's just really, really interesting how they've seen the, the way to do things.
0: Yeah. So Spock notes that there's some castle ruins in the distance and he says that it's inconsistent with the reports that they've received about the culture on the planet. Because They're like, they're not supposed to have castles and shit. They didn't make it that far. And uh, a dude comes out from their little village walls and his name is Aelborn. And he welcomes them to the, the planet and Kirk introduces himself and Spock. And then Kirk just wants to talk to whoever's in charge. And Aelborn says that they don't really have an authority there, but uh, that he's the chairman of the Council of Elders. Do you think he likes ale? Uh, well, he is ale born, so he was born of Ale. Maybe he is Ale. Wait, no, we know he's not. We didn't, we've seen this episode. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, so Aleborn leads them uh, into the chambers so that they can have a discussion. And uh, on the way, Spock is just like, hey, I know we're like here to do some important shit, but I just want to kind of wander around a village and make some studies. And Kirk's just like, all right, fuck it, go ahead. So he just goes and does that. Spock's gonna go pick up some women. Yeah, they're on this really important diplomatic mission to try to basically gain control of a very strategically important planet in this war that they are just found themselves in. And Spock's like, I want to go scan some shit. And Kirk's just like, alright, <laughs> see you later. Like, I know he trusts him at this point that pretty much whatever Spock says he's going to go do he's, it's probably something important. But still, it's just really weird. He's like, I'm just, just going to go scan some shit real quick.
1: For me, though, I think it's more about uh, Spock is just so surprised that where they, where they are techno- techno- technologically. Wow, I can't say that word already. Technology-wise, how, that he's like, well, I need to go study to find out what's going on. So I'm really curious about why this planet is at the level we, level we know know it should be.
0: Yeah, he's like, why the fuck are these people so dumb? Like, that's more important than the war. I need to go figure this <laughs> <Yeah>. shit out.
1: <laughs> yeah. Look, it's really just driving be crazy. I think he's just curious. Uh, but he, I think he also knows that whatever he learns out there can help them in their path to trying to get them to... Uh, help, let the Federation help them, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Yeah. So they, uh, so they go into the council chambers and Kirk explains basically the situation with the Klingons and offers them the Federation's protection. He's like, Hey, you know, you toss us a couple hundred bucks a month, and if you don't pay up, we'll come break your legs. But if you do pay you know up, I mean. we'll stop other mobsters from coming in. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, the council members are like, Yeah, that sounds cool and all, but no, thank you. And, uh, they said that they really don't have anything that would interest any other. People, so like, why would anybody ever go there? And uh, Kirk explains that they, the Klingons, want the planet for its military strategic use, and uh, he offers to help them build up defenses. And they're again, they're just like, "Nah, we're good. Like, we we really don't need your shit." Yeah, they they were they were dumb and smug about it. Yeah, there's and right away they give off that like, okay, there's something you know more than meets the eye here, because they're just right. like, "Nah, we don't, we really don't need your help. Like, we're fine. Like, we, we don't we don't need anybody." You know, chilling at our planet. Like, we, we we don't have weapons. Okay, so I know it's kind of weird, but in the middle of this, uh, Paul had a technical difficulty, so he's not actually going to be able to finish up this episode with us. So Dan and I are just going to kind of soldier on together, I guess. I don't know. Weird situation. So, <laughs> so we will just kind of continue from where we left off, which was uh, Kirk being uh, really, really stubborn. And uh, after they refused his help twice, he tries again. And they're just like, nah, we're good. We, st- we still don't need your help. And they tell him that he should go back to his ship as soon as possible. So uh, he tries again, like one more time. He's just like, this is like the fourth time. And this whole, they, they just keep telling him no. And he just keeps trying. Because apparently he doesn't know what the fuck no means. And uh, they ask him to excuse himself so that they can discuss it in private. So he just kind of like takes a few steps away, like towards the door. He just kind of stands there like an idiot. It,
2: you know, it, it's kind of weird because, you know, I'm conflicted, you know, between the two, the the back and forth here. Like, he's like, "Hey, Klingons will enslave you. They are, they're 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 going to wipe you out, right? But if someone who doesn't want help,
0: help, what do you do? Right, exactly. Like, eventually, you just have to resign them to their own fate. But really, I think the thing that he gives a shit about is that the planet is a strategic point for both sides, and that's all he cares about. He just doesn't want that place to fall into the hands of the Klingons. But like, why? Why do these people have to fight? I mean, they're they're fucking spaceships. the The battle is mostly going to be in space, right? These well, people don't really need to defend themselves on the ground, do they? I, it depends. Well, the Klingons would have to uh, probably do some type of land invasion. The other well, the other weird thing about this show is that it acts like every time they go to a planet and they go to like a city or a town or a village, it acts like that is the entire planet, like. Like, what else is out there on this planet? Are are they the only uh, establishment there? Is the rest of the planet just completely empty? You know, I've wondered that also. Yeah, like, if that's the case, why would the Klingons or anybody even need to come there and fuck with them at all? Like, they could be on the other side of the planet doing stuff. It's just this really weird, like, scale. They never really explain how populated that planet actually is in in any episode. Because some planets
2: seem like they're small where there's only, you know, maybe 20, 30 you know human colony are not colonies but like people on that planet
0: right yeah it's it's just really really weird but uh but yeah kirk's just hanging out by the door and spock comes in and tells him that their information on the people and their culture there wasn't right and that the society isn't making any progress at all and he says that there hasn't been any advancement in tens of thousands of years so kirk just uh thanks him and he goes back to the table to talk to the council again and the council's like, look, we talked it over, and we told you no, like, six times, and it's still no. Like, we don't want your help, and you should probably just leave. So he uh, he's like, okay, well, in that case, you know, if, if you let us help you, we can send you people to help advance your society. And, you know, you just, all you have to do is allow the Federation to help you against the Klingons. And uh, they start to refuse him again, but they get interrupted by Kirk's communicator going off. So he, he gets a call from Sulu. And Sulu tells him that the Klingon fleet has arrived uh, and that the Enterprise is under fire and they can't drop their defensive screens long enough to beam Kirk and Spock back aboard the ship. And Kirk uh, is like, "Okay, well, you have your orders so go ahead and leave and just come back, you know, if the odds are more in your favor. And then it just hangs up on him as he as He does every time he uses that damn thing.
2: Well, you know, before he even beamed down, he told Sulu, like, if this happened, get out of here.
0: Right, yep, just leave, don't try to save us, you know, get on out of there, and save the ship, Which because y- he's in love with it. Y- you
2: gotta, you gotta give, you know, his crew credit that they want to stand by him, but they're also kind of disobeying an order, like, Sulu should just call down, like, hey, hey, sorry man, we gotta leave ya, uh, the Klingons are attacking. And, yeah, you know, I think that's basically what he was
0: doing. Yeah, I think he was mostly just kind of, like, letting him know.
2: But to me, it kind of seemed like he wanted to stick around and, like, try to rescue, you know, Spock and Kirk,
0: Yeah, he probably did, Uh, but but yeah, I think he was just mostly like, hey, you know, they're here. We got to go. Sorry, like, we'd rescue if you could, but you told us to leave. So Kirk's just like, all right, get on out of here, you little scamp. (laughs) Go find a Federation
2: and bring back more ships.
0: So Kirk approaches the table again, and Aelborn starts to decline their help. And then another guy speaks up and his name is Trefane, which thank God I had the English subtitles because there's no fucking way I would have picked that out. Like, it just looks like pure gibberish. So any language I would have read it in, I would not <laughs> have picked that out as his name. He says that uh, eight space vehicles are orbiting their planet and they are activating their material transmission units. So uh, Kirk turns to Spock and he's like, hey, is this fuck crazy guy right over here? And Spock's like, I don't know. Nothing I got says that that's happening, but it does seem logical that that would be happening right now. And uh, Ailborn says that they should now. They basically, the council has to protect Kirk and Spock. And uh, Trafane says that several hundred men have appeared near the citadel, and that they all have many weapons. And so Kirk is like, "How do you know that?" And Ailborn's like, "Oh, you know, whatever." <laughs> like he just completely blows it off. <laughs> it's just, it's like, yeah, we're not interested in having that conversation. So uh, Kirk and Spock turn to talk in private, but it ends with uh, just Kirk getting pissed off and and you know because he's like ah these people will let me help them i'm trying to meddle and they won't let me do it and it just goes to a commercial break from there
2: you know kirk these last few episodes has been uh very hands-on intervening where people don't want him to intervene
0: yeah he really has he's been just like unnecessarily up in everybody's business it he was he didn't seem like kirk this episode well that i'll, I'll say in his defense though I think he's. I think
2: he's be coming from a good place because he knows what the Klingons are capable of doing. Uh, right. So he's coming from a good place.
0: Yeah, he's just. Uh, he's. He's very like. He's very. I don't know. He just. He can't take no for an answer. Like, if they don't want your help, then they don't want your help, guy. Like, you just get out. You got to let it go. <laughs> Nothing you can do about it. Like, what are you gonna do? Bring in your fleet and like enslave them and <laughs> be like, see, like we're helping you. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, at one point I was kind of waiting for him to kind of, you know,
2: say that like, "Hey, the Federation will just come in and do it," then, right?
0: Like, yeah, that, like, I mean, that's hey, the we, only we, other option.
2: Well, and I think you're right in the on, on target in earlier in uh, when we were talking, saying that you know, Kirk's more worried about this planet falling into the Klingons' hands than it is about saving them. Yeah, because I think yeah. he's looking at it also from a a military standpoint.
0: Right, yeah. If it's that big of a strategic advantage, then you know they don't want to give that up. But, but I mean, realistically, like the Federation could just show up and and just be everywhere else on that planet and not mess with them, right? Like you can, you, they could defend the planet without interfering with the village. I feel like, yeah, because we we're never told
2: that the yeah, the, the, all we know is that there's a village on the whole planet,
0: right. It's so, like, the village but, itself isn't the uh, the strategic point. It's the planet itself. So, I don't and know. And the Federation, the was, and, you know, they, they, could, they could co-exist. Yeah, they could be, they'd be fine. But, um, yeah, so we come back from the commercial break, and we get a cap and zog as the Klingons are marching through the village. And Kirk explains that uh, they've been given some native clothing to disguise themselves as some uh, locals, which really he just, like, keeps the same color shirt on just like it's a, a worse looking shirt <laughs> and uh spock notes that their phasers are gone he's like hey somebody took our shit and kirk asks Elborn if he took them and Elborn's like yeah i did take them and i'm not gonna give them back to you because you guys might be tempted to use them and we're not gonna allow that and uh he says that uh kirk should be able to pass as Organian, but spock is gonna have a little bit of a problem with them ears and uh one of the council members says that Spock could pose as a Vulcan trader of Kivas and Trillium, which are both harmless to Klingons, so they shouldn't uh, really take any interest. And Spock is like, "Yeah, that that actually seems right. Like, I think I can go along with that." He's like, "I like to sell shit." Yeah, he's like, "I've always this. I fantasize about this, just being a traveling <laughs> merchant." So, uh, the Klingons enter the room, and uh, a man named Kor introduces himself as the military governor of Organia. So, he's already like, this is my place. <laughs> I just got here, and I am the military governor. Hold
2: up. Before we go down that road, so, I've watched a little bit of The Next Generation. So, these Klingons don't look anything like the Klingons I know of.
0: No, yeah. Um. I believe from what I read in this episode is that they were described in the script as, like, oriental-looking people. And that's really, like, that's just what they worked with. Mm, so I so guess later I, on, they I,
2: advanced them to the, the, the current Klingons that we know of from the next generation.
0: Yeah, they probably just looked at them and said, hey, we need to set them apart from, you know, humans in at least a, a little way so that they don't, don't just look so similar. Yeah,
2: it actually kind of took me out of the episode, knowing what... Klingons should look like compared to what they were projected from the original series, which would make them their true selves, because that's how they are originally presented.
0: Yeah, I and I've seen some arguments online, like through our Twitter and stuff, of people, you know, arguing about what the Klingons are actually supposed to be. And I think uh, a lot of people have brought up that, like, well, you know, they could be separate tribes or you know, kind of offshoots of the the Klingon Empire where they are still Klingon, but you know, they are from a different place or something like that, or just, like, a different tribe they, or something, and that's why they look they, different. They would
2: evolve into something different from a, yeah. their, their home planet, from conquering other planets.
0: Yeah, basically. I think something like that. I could accept but I that. Mean, it's so weird, though, because the fan base is really weird about shit like that. They're like, oh, you know, this is what they look like in the original series, so everything after that is, isn't real. And it's like, guys, like, I, I get, you know, you're trying to, to make sense of it in the show, but sometimes you just can't. Sometimes you have to look at it and go... Yeah, it was a limitation of the time, or somebody came up with a better idea later, <laughs> and like there's, right. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's not well, like it's jumping this big from like the sixties to the
2: eighties, you know. Right, a, exactly. That's a big jump in technology and what you're able to do with special effects. So
0: yeah, and and makeup and stuff like that. So yeah, like if if they change later, it's it's not like this big you know, world change. It doesn't change the whole series. You know what I mean? Or like the entire franchise. Like, oh, the Klingons look different? Well, that's, this show is fucked. Like, I'm not watching this anymore.
2: Right. When I, and I, I think if you want to look from a evolutionary standpoint, kind of what you're saying, like these Klingons could have been from a different part of the empire that took a different evolutionary route, being on different planets from their home planet. So I, I could buy
0: that. Right. And then, like, in a series where all kinds of – People have godlike powers and things like wrinkly foreheads are are the last thing I'm questioning about <laughs> any of this. You know,
2: that's not where you draw the line at. No,
0: no. Yeah. <laughs> like the shit that we've seen so far. Like, I, I'm, I'm not questioning that. <laughs> so, yeah, core military governor of Organia. And uh, he approaches Kirk and asks who he is. And Aelborn's like, oh, yeah, that's just Baroner. He's one of our leading citizens. And Core gets really mad that Kirk didn't answer for himself. He's like, "Hey, like, don't you talk?" And so Kirk speaks up, and he's like, "Yeah, I do talk." And uh, Kirk or Core, he wonders why uh Kirk doesn't have a the the stupid idiotic smile that everyone else seems to have. That's what he <laughs> says. And uh, well, in fairness, there was no women in the room, so
2: there was no reason for Kirk to smile.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And uh, so so Korra spots uh, Spock over the corner, and uh, Spock's just like, what's up, I'm Spock, Uh, I deal in Kivas and Trillium. (laughs) He doesn't even give himself a a fake name, he's just like, yeah, I'm Spock. He's like, I got that good shit that you're looking for. Yeah, he just opens up his trench coat, he's like, you need some Kivas or Trillium, and the the Klingons are like, no, don't you know we're not interested in that? He's like, but are you though? Yeah, that I I don't even know what Kevus and Trillium are. They never Trillium just sounds like a like a metal. Kevus could be a drug. He could just be posing as a drug dealer. <laughs> Can you imagine the fucking space <laughs> drugs the, the, that those they Vulcan found by drugs? Drug? Yeah. Oh jeez. Like there there has to be some shit out there. Everybody's just back at that planet. I wonder if fucking, they ever touch upon that. I I, I wonder if the, I bet they do. They have to in like the next generation, right? Being that it's the eighties and all, there has to have been like a drug free episode. Oh. Yeah. I... The,
2: I- I'm going through it, so if it happens, I'll let you know. Okay.
0: Yeah. It- there has to be, especially in that time frame. But Kor doesn't believe Spock, and he says that uh, Vulcans are Federation members, and Spock might be a spy, so he just orders them to be taken away. And then that's when Kirk speaks up for Spock, and, and Kor's like, wow, that's that's really impressive that you would, uh, you know, talk to me like that. And th- he says that it's practically an act of rebellion for Organians. He says that... Uh, the, he's like, hey, you know, the council is welp- welcoming me here. Like, are do you welcome me as well? And Kirk just says, well, you're here, and there's nothing that I can do about it. And Core is like, wow, I I really find your uh, your good honest hatred very refreshing. He's like, I really love to be hated. <laughs> he's just he's a fucking he's a wrestling heel. Like he's just he does the shit he does to get the booze. That's all he cares about. So Kor tells everyone that they are now the subjects of the Klingon Empire and that there will be rules and regulations posted and that if even the smallest one is broken it's going to be punished with death. And Aelborn is just like, "Okay, whatever your rules and regulations are, we're going to follow those. We want to be enslaved." Yeah, they they really just don't give a shit. And Kor goes back to Kirk and he's like, "Hey, do you disapprove of this?" And Kirk is like, "Well, is my approval really needed?" And Kor's like, "No, I I really only need your obedience." Which what a line. Yeah, he's just like, I don't give it, like, I asked you if you approve, but in the end, I don't really give a shit, like, you just need to listen. So, Kor goes on to say that he needs a liaison between the occupying forces and the civil population, but he doesn't trust people who smile too much, so Kirk's got the job. And Kirk says that he doesn't want the job, and Kor just doesn't give a shit. He's like, I didn't fucking ask you if you wanted it, I'm telling you, you have it. (laughs) He's like, I mentioned this is a dictatorship, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Did I I miss telling you guys that? (laughs) He's like, have you been here for this conversation at all? Like, do you even know what's happening here? Which I mean good for Kirk. Like, you know, he started a whole new life as an Organian and he's already getting a promotion within like five minutes. He's gonna <laughs> make he'll make captain in no <laughs> yeah, time. Minutes. If he sticks around, I bet he could be the captain of a Klingon ship in like a year. Absolutely. Yeah, so uh so Kor says that if uh what even one Klingon soldier dies and they're gonna kill a thousand Organians and the council is just like that sounds cool. We're not we're not gonna do anything bad. Uh, so Core tells Kirk that he's like, hey, you're going to go with me. You're going to learn your new duties. And uh, Kirk is like, well, what about Spock over there? And Core says that Spock is going to be examined. And if they find out he's lying, then he's going to be killed. And Spock gets taken away and, and Kirk moves forward to like stop them. But Core holds him back. And uh, Core is like, hey, I noticed uh, you don't really like to be pushed. And that makes me really happy. And uh, I think you're, you're somebody I can deal with. And then uh, they all walk out of the room, and, like, through, every time anybody greets anybody on this planet before the uh, Klingons show up, they, they, they do this really weird, like, kind of half-bow, like, weird hand-opening gesture, like, arms-open kind of gesture. And Kirk does that when he leaves, like, to the council, but it's really fucking sarcastic, and it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was very passive-aggressive with it. Yeah. He's just like, you know, just fucking <laughs> stupid-bow bullshit. <laughs> he's like, thanks for nothing, you I to help...
2: <laughs> he's like i tried to help these assholes they, they <laughs> right they uh told me no
0: right so uh so a little bit later Kor is uh in his office with kirk and they're going over the new rules and spock gets brought in and the uh the guard that brings him in confirms that spock is really a merchant it's really unusual for vulcans but uh he has an apprehension towards the klingons and his mind is remarkably disciplined And the guard says that uh, they used Force 4 against Spock, which is sufficient to break down any pretense. And I was like, they have fucking torture levels? (laughs) Like, like, what are the the levels of that? Like, Just like you start with, I don't know, like pulling his ear or something. And they're like, that's not working. Let's let's go to Force 2. (laughs) Just like start punching him. Like, Jesus Christ.
2: Well, number 4, you'd imagine they're probably going for the area where you don't want to get hit at.
0: Yeah. And I wonder... How many torture levels there are like does it go to ten if it goes to five then good for Spock for holding out like if it goes to four then even better you know he did great like Spock's the man he is he it, actually it's kind of a problem like of course he's gonna fucking withstand this thing because they go on to talk about uh like core is like hey uh i I can use this mind sifter and he also calls it a mind ripper and uh depending on how much force is used like it's either the sifter or you know they turn it up and it's the the ripper and like uh, I could use this on you, Kirk. He says that uh, they can record every bit of thought and knowledge in a man's mind, but when that much force is used, the mind is usually emptied permanently, and what's left is more vegetable than human. And he's like, it's it's drastic, but it's very efficient. And then Spock is over there and he just like raises an eyebrow. He's like, yeah, dude, I took level four of that thing and it ate shit. So so whatever. <laughs> but like that's the issue with him is he's he has no weakness. Like, they they just go fucking rooting around his brain and, like, just scoop the thing out and read all of his thoughts and put it back in. And, like, somehow he masks who he really is and what he's really doing there uh, just because he's a fucking Vulcan. And uh, they're just like, yeah, you know, he he really is this traitor. Like, it's just it's kind of total horseshit that Spock just really is impervious to everything so far.
2: Well, and if they were to do that to Kirk, they're like, man, this guy's been with a lot of women. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's no... <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs>
0: like, does he, does he do anything else besides women? Like, damn. They, just, they go digging through there, and it's just basically like they're browsing Pornhub. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, hey, maybe we'd finally get an answer to what happened to Janice.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you have to use, like, 4-6 for that when He keeps that buried. <laughs> He's like, I don't have a kid. I don't have a kid. I don't have a kid. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so Kirk asks Spock if he's okay. And and Spock says, yeah, that was a really interesting experience. <laughs> like, just having somebody rip through my mind. Like, it was really interesting. And, uh, Core dismisses Spock and says, hey, you know, we're going to watch you at all times. So, watch what you're doing there, buddy. And then he dismisses Kirk and tells him to keep the people of Organia in order and, uh, says that if kirk doesn't manage to do that then they're gonna kill him so we go to a little bit later and spock and kirk are talking about the mind ripper and uh kirk is just like yeah i don't really think that it, uh it's that big of a deal spock is like well it actually reaches directly into your mind and vulcans have certain disciplines that enable them to maintain a shield and without the shield he would have had absolutely no protection against it which again like it's just one of those things that of course you know spock has he's spock's fucking batman he's got a, a an answer to everything like it's it's not a gadget it's just like it's him like he's just the fucking answer to everything like because i'm Spock. yeah like the, he's like oh yeah they put me on a table and they fucking brought a large drill down into my chest like a villain in a bond movie <laughs> but because i'm a vulcan you know my skin's a little harder so it couldn't even get through <laughs> like it's just it's horseshit everything that ever happens to him he's he just gets through with no problem Except for being in command, well, that if, that messed him up a little.
2: If Kirk is Superman, it's only logical for Spock to be Batman.
0: Yeah, he's he's kind of a mix though, because like he is physically stronger than everybody too. So, well, Batman can hang in there with you know beings that you know
2: can de- destroy planets.
0: Yeah. Oh God, I'm not gonna get into that. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna do it. I'm <laughs> not gonna go down that rabbit hole. No. No so they're walking around you know they're just talking having a good time and they bump into a guard and the guard pushes kirk and kirk goes to retaliate but spock steps between them and apologizes like oh sorry and uh the car the guard says that they need to keep their eyes open or he's going to shut them permanently and then he pushes spock and like that's a fucking solid threat you better watch where you're going or fucking shut your eyes permanently you piece of shit Kirk is very aggressive in this episode. He is. He's aggressive. Like the entire, like even just talking, he's fucking aggressive. It's really weird. And I didn't really, I wasn't really a big fan of it, but I'll, I'll save that for later. But, uh, yeah, so they, they, the guy pushes Spock and Kirk tries to retaliate again and Spock holds him back. And he's like, maybe we should just accomplish, like focus on accomplishing our mission here. And, uh, Kirk jokingly asks if Spock thought that he was really going to beat that guard's head in. and, And Spock's like, yeah, yeah, I thought so. And Kirk's like, well, you were right. So, so they just, they move on and they uh, they walk away. And and Kirk starts talking about trying to persuade the Organians into fighting back. And he mentions that there's a munitions dump nearby. And they, it was really weird. Like, I went back over this dialogue a couple of times and they, they said words, but they didn't really amount to anything. Like, I don't know what the fuck they were talking about. They're just like, yeah, there's a munitions dump and maybe we can do something with that. And then... Like, that was just kind of that. So we go to a little bit later in the evening, and they're sneaking past some guards, and they they take one of them out along the way, and they go to the munitions dump. And then Spock primes a sonic grenade, and I don't know where the fuck he got that, but he throws it in a crate full of chemical explosives, and then they run away, and the the crate explodes a few seconds later. I think they took him from the Klingons. Yeah, I was wondering that too, but... Maybe, did I miss it? Like when they took out that guy, did they take one off him, or maybe just the fact that they're in a munitions dump? Maybe there were some around at that point.
2: Well, Spock ran after the the one guard, so we never uh, we never saw him take him down, so we don't know. I guess if he took a weapon off him or not.
0: Right. Yeah, that's fair. Oh wait, no, was was that here? Because I thought they just took out the one guard on the outside here.
2: Uh, Kirk. Kirk jumped on the one Klingon that entered the room because another guard had left the room prior to that and Spock went around and chased him down.
0: I thought that was what happened a little bit later though. It, Fuck, I don't it? remember. I said was, I Cause Cause Kirk like, late I could just watch this yesterday on the I'll oh, see. I watched it this morning. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you might be right. I'm not I, yeah, I, I don't remember. You might be right on this one because I know that we get a really similar scene a little bit later too. So after the explosion, you know, some time passes and and Kirk is uh, talking to the council the organian council and he's confessing what he did and blowing stuff up and uh, saying that he did it to show them that they can fight back against the klingons and the council is just like you idiot like what what part of we don't want any part of this don't you understand so uh spock is agreeing with kirk here and he tries to persuade them on the promise that the federation fleet is on its way but Aelborn disagrees, and, and Kirk just says, well, then you guys are spineless. Like, basically, he's just like, you guys are just spineless fucking cowards. You don't want to fight for your own planet. At this point, Kirk dislikes them more than the Klingons, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, absolutely hates them. But Kor is listening through some kind of device that's on the wall, like a, a really big, obvious device on the wall <laughs> that, that that doesn't fit in at all, <laughs> that I feel like they should have noticed was in there. And, uh... <laughs> hey what's that object right there oh don't mind that yeah wait did I say Kirk was listening or Cor was listening either way Cor was the one listening in his office and uh so yeah he sends some of his men to go to the council chambers uh and so they all go there and Cor just starts talking down to the council for being cowards and he says that Kirk is gonna get killed after he experiences the the mine uh sifter ripper scanner thing I think they call I think he actually called it a mine scanner here he's called it like three different things it has, it has multiple uses. Yeah. It scans, it sifts, it rips, and it's yours for three easy payments of twenty nine ninety nine. Oh, wow. I'd buy one. Yeah, but wait, there's more. If you call now, you get an extra one. Uh, I actually kind of miss those commercials.
2: Yeah, I do, too.
0: <laughs> but Aleboard is like, wait a minute. That's that's Captain Kirk. He's a captain of the Enterprise. He's not really a uh, Baroner. And is f- super fucking happy about it. He's very delighted that he caught... The captain of the enterprise and says that you know he's just kind of disappointed that because he'd hoped to meet him in battle and then they just like talk for a second they go to a commercial break and they come back and uh Kor is they're still in that room like i thought they would have changed scenes but they're in the same scene and core is still just being an asshole to the council and uh, the council is apologizing to kirk and saying that they they just didn't want to see him get hurt and uh kirk is like you know what i am used to the idea of dying but I do not have the desire to die for the likes of you. <laughs> like that's just really fucked up. <laughs> he just he really does not like them. And uh, what's what's even funny like, about they're trying to save you. Guys. Yeah. What's even funny about this though is Core is like, yeah, I agree. <laughs> like these guys are fucking trash. <laughs> and. uh he has uh, Like, we, Then they look at each other like, did we just become best friends? Yeah. Right? Yep. right? Like, they fucking like put their arm around each other and, like, leave and having a chat. Like, yeah, these guys are cowards. Like, Core's like, you see their stupid smiles? And Kirk's like, yeah. And they just laugh about it. <laughs> he's like, enslave those motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's enslave them together. Fuck this. <laughs> fuck the Federation. Fuck the Klingons. We're just going to go tear this galaxy up together. So, yeah. So, Core has a. Uh, has Kirk taken to his office for a little chat while they uh, escort Spock away, and and they go to Kor's office, and for some reason, everybody always offers, like, every one of Kirk's enemies offers him a drink, and he always just refuses it, and Core's like, yeah, just have a drink, like, I just want to chat with you, and, and I was looking, and I think this is, like, the second or third time I've seen that they've reused these uh, liquor glasses, but, man, I really want those. They're really, they're, like, they're cool as shit. They're small, like, kind of triangular. They just, it's just a cool-looking glass. Like it's something really fancy to just like drink whiskey out of.
2: Are you gonna offer that offer that to your enemies when you've captured them? You know, offer them a drink in one of those glasses.
0: No, they just get the the mind sifter, is all. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I, no, I, are you not gonna rip their minds? No, the the sifters or the the liquors for me. They don't get any of that.
2: Well, that, that'll that'll rip your mind also.
0: Yeah, yeah, in a totally different way. You can recover from that <laughs> well, yeah, one though.
2: Totally different way.
0: So Kirk doesn't want to talk, and Core says, all right, well, you know, you can either talk here or you can talk under the Mind Scanner. And Core confesses his admiration for Starfleet and for Kirk himself, and uh, he says that they're very similar, like their species are, are very similar because they're, they're basically like the predators that are on the planet where they're on and everybody else is the sheep. Of course, Kirk doesn't agree with that, but he knows it's true. Core asks, he's like, okay, let's get down to business. Like, let's talk about the dispersal of the Starfleet. And Kirk just tells him to go climb a tree. Which I don't know if that was like a like a, a harder insult back in the day. But like now it's just like, it's just really silly. Like obviously he can't just come out and say, go fuck yourself. but Maybe we should bring that back. Go climb a tree. Yeah. Anytime it, like, hey. At work, I got to mandate you. Go climb a tree.
2: Go climb a tree.
0: I'm going to do it next time. I'm going to use that tomorrow, I think. <laughs> Why don't you go climb a tree? So, uh. Core again is just like well I could use the mind scanner, but he says he doesn't want to see Kirk become a vegetable, and he talks about uh, Spock and his ability to block the scanner. and He says that uh, he's going to have Spock dissected to find out how he does it. Like he's just like a fucking animal. It's just what if, like what would they? What would he, what would he be expecting to see? They cut open Sc- Spock's skull and there's just like a shield around his brain, just like a literal shield. Like that's how he does it. Like they implanted something in their skull to. Well, it's generating a shield. What yeah. the hell? It's just like a little shield in there. So, um, he says that uh, Spock's gonna be killed, which is a given, and that uh, he says, says, "All right, well, you're just gonna be a vegetable unless you tell me what I want to know in twelve hours." And like, fuck, dude, another, another time limit. He says that he respects Kirk, uh, but that they're at war and it's a game that the the Klingons play to win, and uh, he has Kirk escorted to the cells with Spock. So. They tossed him in the cell uh, onto the very padded, obviously padded floor, which I thought was pretty funny. Yeah, I think like that, that was that really floor. nice that they
2: made prisons that had padding.
0: Yeah, that had some obvious balance to it that it wasn't supposed to have, but it's not <laughs> like you could just toss William Shatner on a concrete floor, because that would be really fucked up. <laughs> and uh, they just like, we just get a passing of time here, like a, a, a passing of time wipe, and uh, Spock says that they've have 6 hours and 43 minutes left. So they've been doing absolutely nothing for almost 6 hours, just like sitting in silence, I guess. And uh Kirk explains that they have to directly attack Kor. He's like we got to go right after this guy, like no bullshit. And they discuss the Organians and their unwillingness to get involved, and then suddenly their cell door opens and Ailborn walks in. And he explains that the the Klingons plan to do violence to them and that he can't let that happen. So Kirk obviously doesn't trust Ailborn since he was the one who turned him in. And, uh, Aelborn explains that they really don't have a choice but to trust him. Like, they can either stay in the cell or they can leave, and they decide to leave. Oh, now he wants to get involved. Well, he didn't want them to do violence to them, which is a really weird way to say that. But, uh, Aelborn escorts them back to the council room for some reason, because I guess they didn't build in another set. Well, they're probably like, they'll never look for him here. Well, is Yeah, they did that... Did they do that recently? Yeah, they did do that recently, uh... A couple episodes ago. Yeah. They went
2: back to where they were being held captured.
0: Right. So I guess in with that logic, then, they should have stayed in the cell, because you'd never think to look for them in the cell after they escaped from the <laughs> cell, right? <laughs>
2: they, they looked in there, they're gone. Then they're like, oh, hey, let's go back to the cell yeah. and just hide in there. They'll never look. Yeah, you wouldn't look there again, right? Well, no one just goes back to the cell right. willingly. Right.
0: But, uh, but Kirk just accuses them of waiting to turn them in until there's a reward he's like yeah you just freed me and then when there's a bounty on my head you're gonna turn me back in for the reward it's like guy, like i don't think you understand these people that you're dealing with at all and uh spock asks what happened to the guards at the citadel and aleborn says that nothing happened to them at all and then we cut to Kor's office and a guard walks in and explains that kirk and spock have escaped but the 10 guards out there don't know how the hell it happened Core is just like, all right, let's implement special occupation order number four. Like, fuck, dude, they have occupied enough places that they have, like, numbered orders for it. As
2: long as they don't uh, order 66 anyone.
0: That I think that would imply that they have uh, Klingon Jedi, which now I kind of want to see. I bet they would all have yellow lightsabers. <laughs> so uh, so we go back to the council room, and Kirk is still just berating the council. Like, they're putting up with a lot of shit this episode. He's asking how they helped him escape. Kor makes an announcement over the loudspeaker, explaining that in the courtyard of his headquarters, they have 200 Organians that are about to be killed. And then you just hear like a bunch of phasers going off. And he says that 200 more will die every two hours until Spock and Kirk are returned to them. And then we go to a commercial break. We come back and Kirk just wants his phasers back and Aelborn refuses to give them up. So Kirk threatens him with violence. He's like, I'm going to do some violence to you. And uh, <laughs> Trofane is just like, just shut this fucking dude up and, and give him his phasers back. And uh, Kirk is like, while that's going on, like as he's just telling Aelborn to give the phasers back, Kirk is just talking and he's like, I don't like your people. Like, I don't like your fucking planet. I don't like your culture. But I guess I'm going to go possibly (laughs) die to help you anyway for some stupid ass reason. Like, It's just being really (laughs) shitty. (laughs) He's like, I don't like your faces. I don't like your fucking clothes. I don't like anything about you.
2: I, I think this is the maddest we have seen Kirk. Oh, yeah. So far, yeah, he just he fucking hates that they're not doing anything, and well, they're being smug
0: they're 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 being smug about it at the same time, right, but they have a good reason to we find out later, and i I figured like I figured that that they're not just really really big conscientious objectors, <laughs> like I figure there has to be more going right. on because you know it's Star Trek, and you would think Kirk would have learned that by now too, that like basically nothing is ever what it seems in anything that he does, but nope, so uh. Ailborn just tells Kirk that it's hopeless and that it's only two of them against an entire army, but Kirk and Spock say, fuck it, we're like, I'd rather go out there and die than sit here with you smiling jackasses anyway. And uh, (laughs) when they leave, the council talks about what they're going to do, and Trafane has some, like, premonitions of terrible, savage events, and then they go, all right, well, we'll just wait it out then. That doesn't sound too terrible. We go a little bit later, Kirk and Spock are sneaking around the compound, and Spock... Uh Kirk actually asks what their odds of accomplishing their task are, which you don't ask for the odds, we know that. And uh Spock says that their odds of getting out of there are 7824.7 to 1 and Kirk's like, "Oh yeah, 7824 to 1. That's not bad." And Spock's like, "No, 7824.7 to 1." That that point 7 matters. Yeah, fucking fucking fuck Spock. They set their phasers on stun, and Kirk says that if the situation calls for it, then they're gonna have to kill people, but other than that, they're just gonna try to stun them. And they take out a couple of guards with their phasers, and then they proceed a little further into the compound. We go back to the council room for a second while they're they're just sitting there with their eyes closed. Like I assume they're just like watching the events unfold. Like it's not explicitly said, like they don't say that, but you can kind of gather that's what's happening. And uh in Kor's office. He uh, orders his men to round up 200 more people. And so they leave to do that. And Kirk is waiting outside with Spock. And they capture uh, Kors basically like his first officer. And threatens to kill him if he doesn't give up some information. So the officer tells Kirk where Kors office is. Which is it turns out it's like three steps away. He says that he's on his way to gather another 200 more people to be killed. So Kirk is just like, hey, yo, Spock, come do that Vulcan nerve thing. So he does that. And they knock the, the guy out. And then uh, Kirk's like, yeah, you know, what are our odds now? And Spock says that their odds are now less than 7,000 to one. And and Kirk kind of cracks this joke that, hey, things are getting a little bit better for us. And they uh, they go into Core's office and they go in the office and they hold Core at phaser point as he commands them or commends them for uh, getting through his guards. He's like, yeah, you guys did a pretty good job here. And Spock responds that several of the guards are no longer in perfect operating condition, which is just like his way of saying, like, yeah, we fucked them up. <laughs> <laughs> like we, we beat the shit out of those guys. It's like, they're not dead, but they're they're pretty useless at yeah, this point. Yeah, they're going to be out for a little while. And uh, Kor reveals that a, a Federation fleet is on its way and that the, the Klingon fleet is waiting to meet them, and he wants Kirk to wait to kill him until the end of the fleet battle. Uh, but Kirk is like, well, I'm not going to... I'm not going to kill you. And uh, so Kor's like, well, fuck it then. Why don't we have a drink? And uh, he wants to have a toast to the victory of the Klingon fleet. And Kor goes on to talk about how the Klingons are strong because they act as one and they're always under surveillance. And then he points to like that fucking device on the wall. And suddenly a group of guards rush in the door and uh, aim their phasers. But when they go to shoot them, they just like like they act like they're in pain and they drop them on the floor and so Kirk and Spock rush in to attack them, but find that whenever they touch the guards, they experience that same pain. So then we cut to, like, a really weird, like, two-second clip of the crew of the Enterprise uh, shown just, like, experiencing the same thing as they all just, like, jump from their stations on the bridge. And i like, ow. Yeah, that, that was really weird. Yeah, it's just a, a weird insert. Like, I didn't feel like that was really necessary.
2: Well, some of the people weren't even doing anything to the the warrant being attacked Yeah, on the, on the Enterprise. Like... The horror was just sitting there minding her own business
0: she's like oh this i'm i'm getting burned yeah like it gets explained that they just they experience an extreme heat so there's just like one guy like i assume that it's because the entire ship is made for war and to hurt people and like you figure that they can't grab their weapons or whatever but that means there's like one guy just like sitting on the toilet in the enterprise and suddenly his ass cheeks start burning <laughs> <laughs> like he's like what the hell is this the fucking heated seat must be on the ghost
2: pepper <laughs> yeah yeah
0: so, uh, so yeah, we go back to the office and Kors he runs over to his desk and grabs a dagger, but obviously he can't hold it. And, uh, the Organian Council just kind of like stroll into the room and they, uh, they apologize for interfering and they say that they have to put a stop to the violence by making all of the instruments of violence on the planet radiate a temperature of 350 degrees, which is really, really specific. Ailborn says that the same conditions exist on both of the Starfleets and that there is not going to be a battle. And he urges both captains to contact their ships to confirm that that's what's going on.
2: I love how both captains are mad that they can't fight.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they're both, like, super pissed about it.
2: Like, it almost brings them together at this point. Like, you know what? The enemy of my
0: enemy is my uh, friend. Right. Right. Yeah, like, uh. so so Kirk calls Sulu and he confirms that, yeah, the Enterprise is all fucked up and uh, it, it just, like, shuts down. And then uh, Kor confirms the same thing with his fleet, and they're both just, like, super pissed. Like, oh, we wanted to fight each other. And uh, Aelborn, he says that uh, as, like, as he stands there, he, he also stands on the home planets of the human and Klingon races, and he's going to stop the war, which I didn't really mean. I do not really know what he meant by that. Like, is he, like, projecting himself there? Because we never got anything out of that. So, I don't it was just, I don't know, it was a really weird thing to say, and then really kind of nothing came out of it. But, uh, yeah, this is where Kirk and are kind of, like, band together, and they say that Aelborn can't interfere, and that he says that uh he he has to until they agree to stop all the hostilities, and all of their armed forces, wherever they are, are going to be immediately immobilized, like, the same as everything else was. And and so Kirk and Kor are, like, arguing about it, like, oh, yeah, well, you know, these guys started it, and, you know, Kor's like, oh, these guys started it, and, Aelborn just says, like, all right, that's it. Everything you have is immobilized now. Like, you can't stop arguing, so I took away all your toys. Trafane says that uh, they find them having to interfere in other people's affairs to be most disgusting. <laughs> but, uh, but that Kirk and Kor have given them no choice. He's just like, it's most disgusting. Yeah, so Kirk then brings up the fact that the, the 200, uh, 200 Organian hostages have been killed. And Ailborn and Trefane just kind of laugh it off. And they're like, nobody's died on our planet in uncounted thousands of years. And of course, just like, you guys are a bunch of fucking liars. And then he and Kirk just continue to argue that the Organians have no right to dictate how they handle their interstellar relations. (laughs) It's just just really funny that they banded together. Which is ironic. Yeah. Yeah. Especially given, you know, what the fucking Enterprise does all the time. God, I can imagine what Paul would have to say about this. (laughs) He would have a hot take. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like it's just really funny that they're like, "Well, like you won't let us make war. Like it's our right to kill each other." It's just, it's, it's <laughs> That's really ridiculous. what they're arguing. Yeah, it's really ridiculous to see Kirk that way. Well, I, I wonder if, I wonder if there,
2: like, if there is more backstory between like the Klingons and the humans having, you know, all-out wars with each other.
0: Right. Yeah, I think that they've been having issues for quite some time, and this is just kind of like the first time that we're hearing about it, but. It's funny though cuz Kirk does like he's like yeah, you know, you don't have the right to stop what we're doing and then Aelborn asked Kirk, he's like, "Well, what about, you know, all of your acts of war and killing millions of innocent people and destroying life on a planetary scale? Like is that what you're really defending here? Is like you right to be able to do that?" And damn, that that was the moment where I kind of changed my opinion
2: on uh on them. It was right then and there cuz logically that made the most sense. Like, "Hey, you guys want to commit mass genocide on each other you guys are
0: insane yeah like you fly around like you fuck each other up and innocent people get caught in the crossfire but uh yeah that was the moment where um kirk was just basically like okay maybe i've been kind of a dick and, and nobody really wants war but you know through war we would eventually get peace and Ailborn says that only after a million or after millions of people have died would they then get peace And uh, he goes on to say that in the future, the Klingons and the Federation are actually going to be friends and they're going to work together. And uh, they're they're both like, hell (laughs) no. Like, no, never. And uh, so they tell uh, Kirk and Kor to just leave and say, they say that their presence of, uh, that the presence of beings like them is painful for the Organians. And uh, Kirk's just like, what do you mean, you know, beings like you? And, uh, they go on to explain that millions of years ago, uh, the Organians were humanoids, but they developed beyond the need for physical bodies and that what Kirk and Cor see is just an appearance for their own sakes. So, of course, just like, nah, this is a trick like this horse shit. And he's like, hey, Kirk, you want to just jump these dudes? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Kirk didn't respond, but I think he's just like, yeah, like, this is stupid. Like, let's just fucking go after him. And uh, Aelborn and Trafane just start glowing really brightly, and they transform into like there's these these beings of purple bright light for a second, and they emit like this really really high pitched sound, and then they just disappear entirely. And uh, Spock is just like, wow, that's really fascinating. Uh, they they seem to be beings of pure energy and pure thought. That's right up Spock's alley. Yeah, that, that's the kind of shit he loves. Well, it's the kind of shit he uh, he finds fascinating. I guess he doesn't really love anything. Kirk uh, wonders about the rest of the planet and Spock thinks that it was all created so that visitors would have a conventional point of reference when they arrived there. And, uh, core is just like, "Is this is this kind of thing like really possible? And Spock says that the organians are so far above them on the evolutionary scare, scale that they're, they're like, basically like they are to us what we are to amoebas. And, uh, that just kind of stops everything, I guess. So Kirk is just like, okay, uh, that concludes the war. Like, good good game, everybody. Uh, the Organians aren't going to let us fight. And Kor says, well, damn, that's kind of a shame because it really would have been a glorious fight. We cut to a little bit later on the bridge, and Kirk tells Spock that he's embarrassed for having been furious at the Organians for stopping the war that he didn't want to begin with. And he says that it's unsettling to discover that humans aren't the most powerful beings in the universe. And I'm like, where the fuck have you been this whole series? Like, you fight <laughs> gods every other week. Like, at, at no point y- have humans ever been the dominant of God people. That you've
2: gone up against.
0: Right. You're Kirk the God Killer. Yeah. And like, they, they encounter so often, they literally have the classification in their system for this. Like, you guys haven't it's been talking Mitchell this whole fucking series. Like, what do you mean? It's unsettling <laughs> Spock just says that it took millions of years for the Organians to evolve into what they are and even the gods didn't spring into being overnight and he says that they shouldn't be embarrassed and that they did beat the odds after all and Kirk is like well you know we, we really didn't because the Organians raided the game and then they just continue on to their next adventure <laughs> so yeah that was uh, the end of that one uh, Dan what did you think about that uh, it was an inter- interesting episode. My
2: My biggest complaint was it, it would have ruined the episode because there wouldn't have been an episode, but they should have shown like, oh, hey, we're godlike beings. Like, we can see the future. We know exactly how this is all going to play out.
0: Right. Yeah.
2: Because like, he was able to predict like the Klingons and the humans would become, or not the humans, the Federations would become friends down the line, which we know it happens to be true. Right. Uh, but other than that, really complaint. I enjoyed the episode. I thought there was a lot of good dialogue in it. Uh, yeah, I I liked it.
0: Yeah, it was. I thought it was a pretty good episode. Uh, nothing like you know thrilling, like nothing crazy. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Like if they would have just said from the beginning, "Hey, we're actually uh, beings of pure energy, and we don't give a shit about any of this," then it would have been an entirely different episode. Yeah, I don't know. It was just Kirk was really weird. He was oddly aggressive. He was just pissed at people who didn't want to partake in their war, which was really weird. Like this whole thing of theirs has this whole five year mission has been about like brokering peace between, you know, newly discovered civilizations. And he's just like, yeah, fuck the Klingons. <laughs> like He just, just <laughs> fucking hates them.
2: <laughs> and uh,
0: yeah, I don't know. It was I, I, okay. I believe
2: he's missi- missing Janice. That, that's why he has an attitude problem here lately.
0: Yeah. And also there's no uh, no McCoy on this one either. I feel like he would have had a lot to say about the situation. No, Scotty. Yeah, I believe this is the
2: first episode where we didn't have McCoy in it. If uh, I remember, from
0: what I read, I believe this is also the last episode that doesn't have McCoy. I believe he's in every single one for the rest of the series after this. So, but I don't know when the fuck Janice comes back if she ever comes back. She was she was just gone.
2: We did new human every week.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like I said, it was. I mean, it was pretty okay. Like it was weird, Kirk. I don't know. the The Klingons were just basically like they're just a ward. Like, people, like, that's just what they do is just travel around and fuck stuff up. So I I find it hard to believe that, like, the Federation or just anybody else hasn't banded together to just completely wipe them out by now. Just just to be like, hey, you know, these guys, obviously, all they do is just destroy things and and enslave people. Like, do we really need to keep them around? But maybe their empire is just so huge that they avoid a war for, you know, the good of both sides. But I don't know. I'm not going to read too much into it. Yeah, well... You
2: could also look at uh the Federation was also fighting the Romulans for quite a long time also right so so there might be multiple races out there that just like to conquer
0: right God what if the Klingons and the Romulans got together then ooh that
2: I, I see I wouldn't mind to seeing a like a team up between two uh races that just conquer planets come together to try to take on the Federation like hey. We can't take them out and you're having trouble take them out. So let's band together. Right.
0: But I guarantee you it would end with like them eventually fighting each other because they both think that they're better than the other one. Oh,
2: absolutely. Yeah.
0: Oh, they should have they should have Khan leading both empires. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> and his race of super people. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There you go. But yeah, that's it for me on this one. Do you have anything else you wanted to get or want to talk about? Uh, Nope. I think I'm good. Okay, well, uh, the next episode is going to be Season 1, Episode 27, The Alternative Factor. And since we don't have Paul with us at the end here, uh, I don't have anything to read for that. <laughs> I don't have the episode description, so I'll find out what it is when I watch it. But as always, you know, Twitter at WWST underscore podcast. Uh, Gmail WWSTpod at gmail.com. And uh, we are where you find your favorite podcasts. So, yeah, thanks, everybody, for listening to this one. And uh, hopefully we'll get Paul back for the next one. We'll have to get his uh, sudden technical issue worked out. And that's going to be it for me. Later.